0: Now we're gonna record the podcast. Talk books. Are you ready? (laughs) Let's do it. You came here through the storm, (laughs) through the galing winds and the ice and, and rain. And now here you sit. So many, so many, so many damn books. Hello everybody, and welcome to So Many Damn Books, a Blessing, a Curse, a Podcast. My name is christopher and i'm joined actually physically in the damn library by jennifer baker Uh, jennifer baker was named the 2019 publisher's weekly star watch superstar for her work championing diversity in publishing her work has been nominated for a pushcart prize an essay of hers was included in best american essays 2018 and she hosts a podcast called minorities in publishing that's been around since 2014. She edited a short story anthology called Everyday People, The Color of Life. And she's here to talk about her brand new novel. It's an incredible book. I'm so excited you're here. Uh, forgive Me Not. Hi. Hey,
1: hey Christopher. Uh, how are you? Welcome.
0: Wow You you have accomplished so much.
1: It sounds like it. I <laughs> List it all <laughs> one after
0: another like that.
1: Gotta make those bios shorter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have you here. I, I we met um at a reading series a little bit ago. Um Dittmus, and, I think. At, it was Ditmus Lit. At the yeah. Ditmas Lit and Reading Series. One of the... Oh yeah, I got yeah. to read a little bit, yeah, which was did. fun.
1: We heard from your wonderful novel.
0: <laughs> and uh, I was so excited to meet you and when I read the um synopsis I had to I had to read this book as soon as I could. So this this novel features a character named Violetta, and so I was thinking about a drink inspired by this book. And first of all, I had to make sure that it wasn't alcoholic because this book has has you know the heartbreaking beginning of the main character um, drunk driving and causing her sister's death, which is really heavy and hard hard way to start a book. So she's she's dealing with that in the um. in in a juvenile corrections facility for the rest of the novel and I was just thinking there's so many flowers in this book she's always thinking about flowers there's her name is a flower and I just thought a wildflower soda would be something that she would appreciate um, in her heart after after this ordeal so I I found this I have this honeysuckle flower that I've uh, dried honeysuckle flower that I bought when I was buying teas in bulk so that is really beautiful and a really interesting sort of earthy flavor. Mm-hmm. And then I made um, a lemon lime syrup by taking lemon and lime zest and leaving that in sugar for a few hours. And that like brings out all the oil, So it brings out a really nice lemon lime flavor.
1: Yeah. I've done it with the rinds where you take yeah. the rinds and you just put it in.
0: Yeah, that's always so good. And then I poured this, I found this botanical jasmine blue flower soda, which is unsweetened. So I had this fun, I had the fun task of sweetening it with these other things that I made. Yeah, yeah. And then topped it with an edible flower.
1: Yeah, it's very pretty, everybody. I just <laughs> want you to know I took pictures. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's, you know, I just feel like I wanted to give it, she uh, she went through so much.
1: Yeah, and you were so kind to even ask, too. You were like, would it be appropriate? Or was a mocktail? And I was like... Thank you for thinking of that. <laughs> well, yeah, I could personally use a drink, but <laughs> 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 the character should not.
0: <laughs> right, right. That's the that was the conundrum. Where was I gonna? what was I gonna walk that line with? Um, but it's such. It's a really tasty. I love messing around with um, mocktails and trying to make something that's still extremely interesting. Like, right. That still has some layers to it.
1: Right. Do you order mocktails when you're at restaurants?
0: I do sometimes. I do. F- feel like they've come so far like it used to be that you would get just like orange juice and some seltzer or something they're like "Eh, (laughs) nice for you um (laughs) and now there's all sorts of things that they're doing to it which is and i think that that's you know i feel like a lot of people are in this realm of they really still like drinking something cool
1: yeah pretty cool inventive yeah
0: but it's the they don't need the Alcohol part of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of my friends are, are sober. And so that con- consideration also came up a lot more for me over the years.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You host your own podcast. I, I, I do, yeah. <laughs> minorities <laughs> in Publishing. Um, how, how did you start? You started back in t- 2014. That's back when I started to. Like, what brought you to it?
1: Yeah, my podcast partner and I, Bev. So she's on the first year and a half of episodes. where are both women of color or friends of color in publishing. And at that point, you know, 2014, We Need Diverse Books had gotten very big with the online campaign, and then they became a nonprofit. And it was talking about the need for more representation in books, which is accurate. And Bev and I were like, but what about those of us who are in the industry? We're not talking about those of us who are behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And so we just wanted to have conversations with other underrepresented people who worked in the industry. And it didn't just confine to book publishing, you know, proper, quote-unquote, you know, like editors or um, publicists and stuff like that. We wanted to talk to booksellers. We wanted to talk to, like, everybody and everyone you know are you in sales are you in foreign rights are you and you know the thing when you start a podcast right is getting the guests yeah because you don't have any content
0: yeah yeah at <laughs> the beginning
1: uh, and so that and then you also it's like we're asking pretty not invasive questions but you know sometimes people don't want to be on the record to talk right. about <laughs> certain things about the industry, because we're talking about the industry, you know, it's Absolutely. Like, I think authors are way more inclined to talk about their books. Um, and so then I got a lot more authors, which is not a bad thing, but I did want to talk to as many industry people to provide information on what do you do? Because I feel like I was like, do people know what a literary agent does? And I mm-hmm. spoke to several and they're like, no, they yeah. really don't know what my job no. is. <laughs>
0: And I would say that that's one of the really cool things about your podcast is it's like a picture of the entire industry. It's like a homogenous whole picture of like all the little parts that you didn't even realize. You you walk away from, you know, your hundred plus episodes knowing a lot about how books are made in a way that I don't think other podcasts go into yeah
1: which makes it very niche as a podcast which i'm i'm totally fine with
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you're not gonna it's not gonna be serial and then (laughs) (laughs) let's
1: solve a murder yeah
0: (laughs) hey book murder there's got to be a couple um so where should where should people start if they're if they want to get if they're just hearing about it for the first time mm-hmm. and us talking about it now, where where should they start in the in the back? I mean catalog? everyone
1: starts with the first episode, which makes total sense. Uh I do think maybe one of the episodes to start with might be there's a debut author episode that was very early on with like Leland Chuck and Mira Jacob and Brooke I forget her last name I feel awful about that but I talked to two three debuts one who got published by a major publisher one who did with the indie and one who self-published and this really kind of cool and I have like 15 20 minute conversations with each of them about their experience Wow. and I believe that's in the two or three year mark but yeah it was just something where I'm like well let's talk about how each person's experience was Um, and they all had very interesting things to say.
0: See, this, I feel like, needs to be, like, a required part of an MFA is knowing this stuff, like, the business side of it and knowing, like, what it is actually like after you sell your work. I feel like it's an under-talked-about part of being, a po- like, a professional author.
1: Yeah, and I was talking to all of them after the fact, you know, right. like, a year for Mira was, like, a couple years after. So you have even more perspective, in a way, of what occurred.
0: And how's it going now? I mean, when's uh, how's how's your next episodes coming together?
1: Oh, slowly, because the book came out. <laughs> now you've got other things. I know.
0: You've got this incredible so, book.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it hit nine years in August of this year, and it'll be 10 years. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for the 10 year. Right. Do you do anniversary stuff? Uh, do
0: I So many damn books? Yeah, we've done a few okay. things. Okay. Um, like
1: annually, or do you pick the big milestone? Big
0: milestone okay. numbers. You know, so at next the hundredth episode ten,
1: 10 years for you too. So yeah. are you thinking about it? Is the, it percolate? It's like, back
0: there, but I don't know. I it sort of feels like planning your own surprise party in some ways. It's you just know like what? that's a really good it's comparison. Like, yes. Okay, like I've gotta get it all together and celebrate this thing that I'd <laughs> make. That's already hard enough to like get it all together <laughs> to make just the thing.
1: And it's like what do I give you as a <laughs> gift for my labor? <laughs> I'll help you with the book giveaway if you want to do one Christopher. I'll help for you.
0: Well, let's talk about let's let's talk about books. The the next part of this particular podcast show is called What did you buy? Do, what do,
1: what do you buy? What did you buy? I bought too many damn books. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I- <laughs> <laughs> what have you bought recently what's crossing your desk
1: i got some of my pre-orders in Ooh. and i actually started it on the way here um creep by miriam gerba that came oh. out earlier this month and i'm a huge fan yes of miriam gerba her book mean i believe that was with
0: dorothy a, project the, no that
1: was with that one was with coffee house but emily books at oh, coffee house right Uh, But I think her other ones, because she did like another short story collection and stuff like that, too. Uh, So this is an essay collection that she sold. And I just literally just started it. And of course, I'm in love with everything she's writing. Yeah. It's just amazing. And then um, Gary Gray Jr. and Ogamora have this book called I'm From. It's a picture book. And it's really, really good. That came out last week. And I picked that up from my local bookstore. And nice. it's a very lovely one for anybody, really, but for kiddos about, you know, just loving where you're from, you know, mm-hmm. loving all the things, the candy, your hair, going to the barber shop and them giving you a fresh cut, your neighborhood, your grandma. And so it's just a lovely celebration. That and sounds so, great. Yeah, yeah. So I've been picking up a lot more books Um and it's also, I don't know about you, because you meet so many people, you're in New York, you're friends with so many people, you're a writer, you know too many people publishing books, Oh and yeah. you're doing the podcast, <laughs> right? So then you're like, I'm buying my friend's book. <laughs> yeah.
0: You've got to, yeah, yeah, support, yeah. Your, support your buddies, as well as my own, you know, silly interests that mm-hmm. pop up. Like I, um, I just picked up this book, Strange Houses, Ooh. by Cora Jarrett. Um, the that book, looks
1: like an old edition. The uh, like book very... came out
0: in 1936. Okay. And it's one of a very early on body swap um, horror novel. And yeah. it's um, about a high society woman um, body swapping with a striptease dancer. Whoa. So I'm very excited to check it out. The The, um, the little stub reviews that i found like searching the title online are all like an interesting sort of like curiosity <laughs> and uh, you know and it's really like a like they like a sci- they go to like a mad scientist and have their like a frankenstein yeah to they go to a... they do it purposefully wow but then they've got like there's some ticking clock that if they don't get back in time they'll be stuck
1: oh so like the usual kind of the usual the usual yeah Yeah. but it was like one of the first
0: exactly
1: wow i want to hear how this is (laughs) because i'm like highly curious
0: i'm really curious too i love body swap um horror comedy i just always think it's funny and or like interesting Mm -hmm. um and uh, yeah i'm really excited about it and then speaking of another friend of the show jenna rose nethercott Mm -hmm. um i just got her short story collection that's coming out next year in february we're already oh. getting the 2024 20, oh, yeah, books are. like uh-huh, in a mm-hmm, real way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the books that came to my house this week were 2024 publishing oh really books, just like you guys it's september no but
1: they're on the ball they're like <laughs> so we want you thinking about this
0: <laughs> and so this is short story collection 50 beasts to break your heart and other stories i i'm so excited i really loved thistlefoot it was such a great um, time to hang out with her on the show oh, so yay. it's going to be an interesting i'm sure this is more of the fairy tale world that she was messing around with oh i need to get more
1: into these fairy yeah. tale worlds i feel like i've been Rooted too much in the contemporary, not a bad thing, but I feel like I need to get back into Kelly Link's newest book and it's oh. Kelly Barnhill, who I also really like. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you've been very much in the contemporary near real. With
1: yeah, it's kind of speculative. People have told me like it's kind of speculative. Forgive me not. So yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, but I guess so. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah.
0: So forgive me not. Tell our listeners. Hear what the book is about if they haven't encountered it yet
1: yeah it's a dual perspective young adult novel so you hear from violetta and her brother older brother vince and they're two teens in queens new york and the the kind of twist as mm. i've been told is that In this juvenile, in the way juvenile detention works in this world, which is very, very much rooted in ours, is that the victim, quote unquote, gets to decide what happens to a teen or juvenile that's um, kind of not quite convicted, but accused of a crime. So if someone broke into my car, if I had a car, uh, then I would be able to say this is what should happen to this teen or person. And in that way. It could be forgiveness, which is kind of like, you know, go on with your life. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It could be, oh, you're going to be incarcerated for a certain amount of time. Or you can do this form of quote unquote restorative justice that's called the trials, in which case you would, um, you it's a form of rehabilitation. Right. That's what they say in the book. They're like, oh, we're helping them. We're rehabilitating them. But it's really not. Yeah. <laughs>
0: i wouldn't say it's like nefarious either it's not Mm. like they're they've got evil on their no they're doing their job they think that they've they are like figured it out
1: (laughs) which is actually how if you've ever spoken to folks like you know prosecutors and like because in new york city especially in rda in queens new york where this takes place and where i'm from most of our district attorneys who you elect have always been prosecutors Mm -hmm. not people who defend not people who do other things it's like people usually who go to these areas of legal sorry not legal but like elected positions are prosecutors so they are going after people (laughs) consistently they have a very specific viewpoint that's what
0: they yeah (laughs) that's what they've been told to do and have been yeah lauded for for their entire careers yeah did you know you were writing a YA book when you started. Was that like the goal from from page one?
1: For this one, yeah. Because I write short fiction mostly. You know, in the MFA world, that's really kind of... I mean, it's not the only thing you can workshop, but it's kind of the best thing to workshop because you get the full circle of a critique right. rather than like... Well, guys, in, in chapter 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, so I always workshop short stories because I was writing mostly collections for adult audiences. Uh, and so, but this particular idea seemed best fitted for teens because mm. I really wanted to explore the fact that teens would have theoretically even less power because adults are making all these decisions. And I wanted them to have agency, even though it appears like they don't. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it just seemed to make even more sense to me. If it was in the world or in the realm of juvenile detention and not adult detention
0: was there anything you did writing wise as you were working on the voice that you were like okay this is for ya in particular or after after deciding like oh i'm gonna write this for teens was that the last time you sort of thought about
1: yeah because it's in first person yeah and i had to know their voices and their voices came pretty quickly yeah and so i don't know how it is for you christopher but if i don't have the voice down then i know it's not working you know what i mean so even if i'm like well plot who knows (laughs) but the voice is good (laughs) yeah if the voice is consistent so that i could be able to slip in and out of it because they respectively they both kind of sound like elements of me Mm -hmm. right like Vince is a bit snarky and and Violet is a bit more like reserved and poetic in some ways so those are can be how I sound as a writer or how I sound as a person right Mm -hmm. or both Um, and so that was kind of quote-unquote easy to slip into it's the machinations of the world and the rules which were the biggest challenges because I they just came to me. They just really came to me very early on.
0: The rules to the incarceration? No, the vo- the, who oh. they were. Okay. Like,
1: who they were as people, respectively. What would happen? Like, I knew what happened in the beginning, and I knew what happened in the end immediately. And so the first four chapters and the very last chapter didn't change. Like, they got wow. more refined. Yeah. But in terms of, like, what happens and the overall structure and stuff like that, those did not change that much.
0: Mm. Was, was either... POV harder, or was there something surprising?
1: Violetta's was harder because she's the catalyst for all of it. And right. then there was a point towards the end, uh, I guess like the three quarter mark, mark, where I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Her. <laughs> because there was just a point I had to get her towards the end. Because again, I knew where it ended. I'm like, I know where this goes. I wrote the last chapter, so I know this happens. But I couldn't get her to it in a real way. And so issues I usually have in initial drafts is I have way too many characters, Mm -hmm. way too many. And so I was like stripping people, combining people, throwing people away, killing a lot of people to the point my agent's like, could you maybe not kill that person? And I was like yeah sure i could not do that
2: <laughs>
1: i had violeta doing a hunger strike at one point Ooh. yeah because i was just trying to get her to like make something happen because i don't want to reveal it obviously you've read it so <laughs> but like there was this point i just needed her to get to the end and make a decision mm-hmm. and i had a hard time having that moment that would tip her over to make this decision right but for vince it was very much like everything pretty much stayed consistent for him it was just like tightening chapters or did, or moving chapters for him hers was a lot more difficult
0: plus she, you, she's in a world that's very different than the yeah than the r- real yeah. world
1: she's super isolated yeah so, so isolated yeah.
0: yeah i mean in some ways there's a there's an element of campus novel in this because mm, of like finding yeah, up the, yeah, real, yeah. The, the rules of the world is always and the
1: friendships that she has very closely. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean it is also that early friendship makes for one of the early heartbreaking moments, another one mm-hmm. when one of these um is girls finds out yeah, finds out that she's forgiven. Mm-hmm. She is forgiven mm-hmm. by the people that have brought the her her victims mm-hmm, family. Mm-hmm. And then she finds out that they've rescinded that forgiveness Mm -hmm. that is horrifying like that right Right. can you talk about creating this that moment because that was a real like oh my gosh like a rug pull
1: right right i i kind of needed something to showcase that this was not as clear-cut as it seemed right and that is how the law works to an extent it's like oh so it should work this way but it doesn't Mm. depending on the person depending on the situation and Petra was actually, there were two people. There was Petra and someone else. Mm-hmm. And so what happened with Petra, always happened with Petra, but she didn't have like the scars. Okay. So there was this random character who was just like a ghost in all honesty. She was just mean and angry all the time. And she was covered in scars. And she was just like this morose like character who's just like, everything's awful and no one cares. And da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> And at some point I just merged them. So mm-hmm. I took the scars from yeah. that character and put them on Petra and then just flesh Petra out a bit more to have a bit more life. Huh. Yeah, like I don't know like how a... I had that character. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it seems like there's like a ghost of the novel that you're aware of, of like what it was because you're still so close to the process of writing it
1: yeah yeah because it's been eight years like technically from the i started it in 2014 i looked i keep every draft i don't know about you but i keep every draft and rename it Mm -hmm. and redate it um so i looked and i was like holy crap i started this in 2014 i sold it in 2020 shockingly like around this time in 2020 Uh my agent sent it out on yom kippur not expecting a lot of because it's a holiday Uh and so an editor my editor was very quick she's like i'll read it overnight
0: wow and i was like
1: no she won't (laughs) (laughs) and she did yeah um and so and then that was two years of editing so that's eight years total on and off of me working on this singular book that finally came out in 2013 23 sorry Wow. So you, you do live with it in a way. And then at the same time, you're supposed to write another book. <laughs> like, you're like, I'm still that talking one, about this one.
0: <laughs> that one took eight years. So I'm going to hold on to it for just a little longer. <laughs> just
1: like, give me six months at least.
0: <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, you know, you know from be- talking to so many different people and being in this world that, like, you have to jump on the, on your chances, and you have to work fast when and strike while the iron's hot, and all of yeah, that stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do because you, you still want to have those connections. Because mm-hmm. it's literally been a little over a month for me at this point. It's not like, oh yeah, the book came out in February, so da, da, da. it's like it hasn't really even had a life yet. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you still have. You're only halfway through two. Yeah. Of days. Yeah. <laughs> like
1: literally. <laughs>
0: the base of this book there's this tension between the idea of like restorative justice that's put up against like bureaucracy and government and like can government administer restorative justice and it seems like you have an answer to that in your in your mind as you're reading this that the answer is like no no they can't do it <laughs> but uh that that conflict seems like simmering at the bottom of the yeah um is that simmering all the time for you as you're in your life
1: i mean more so now especially as i've read more about abolition and and stuff like that so i mean when i started the book i will be very frank that it was really the idea of what would things look like if victims were able to make a choice in this and what does forgiveness look like like those were the two big questions for me as a novelist or what have you And then it was the characters, but also understanding I wanted this book to be different because in young adult novels thus far, it's not all of them, but thus far, there's a discussion about criminal justice that really isolates to the person. Mm. And so we're kind of looking at the system, but kind of not because people are so focused on the individual. And so you're not always understanding how the system works. I think monster is one of the ones that is a bit different or Kim Johnson's um, is a visible son that came out earlier this summer. Uh, she talks a little bit about it because you see the consequences for a kid who's been accused of something that he didn't do. Mm-hmm. So he has like the um, kind of shackle to an extent, the, the monitor, the leg monitor. Oh. And so you, you see that. And at the same time, it's just like, well, the system sucks. And, this person's innocent but i didn't want to explore innocence or guilt i wanted to explore how we treat people when they have been put right. in this situation and thus far then from there you have to think about how does the system work right. in a real way
0: and she feels guilty she, you yeah know, she, like she, she admits she it. it she's
1: like i did this yeah. absolutely and to the extent some of the other Women around her, they did, but all their circumstances are different, right? Like Eve, yes. Serena, Petra. Everyone's circumstance is different, and it's not even hurt what happened. Like, none of them are saying, well, Eve did, right? She's like, whatever, all I did was this. That's what it, they said I did. Yeah. But the other ones are like, no, I did it, but there was a reason for what happened. But no one's listening or cares about the reason. And, well, what do you do then? And mm-hmm. then when you have Vince's perspective, you see how the family's being manipulated. they yes. like, "This is effective system, right? We have great data. The stats are good. Yeah. I can tell you, this is great Rehabil-, You know that like mechanical kind of pol- politic, politic. You know, like yeah.
0: And you you made that into a character. There's a very frustrating yeah, Randall guy who's Randall. just who's like there to administer.
1: He's there to do his job. Yeah. He's there to do his job. And so, if you see that in a different way and you're not just like, oh, this kid is innocent, but they're being. Ill. So then the focus becomes their innocence. But are you thinking about, does the system in its entirety not work? Or in this instance, the system doesn't work? Whereas mm. in my book, I kind of like the more I stuck with it and the more I was like, more questions and more, you know, you unravel a lot more. It's like, no, but we need to question the system, but I have to show you how it works and i have to show you how culpable people are to believe yes in and you still have to put people in enclosures yeah you still have to label them in some way they have to be marked and branded like she is when she goes through one of her trials and she notes it's like i am branded basically right uh you're not changing they did. they're they like we changed the system and you're like but she didn't right <laughs> like, they're like, it's less racist. It's more cost effective. Isn't it great? And it's like, no, yeah. it's actually not. <laughs> but we've gone with it because you told us this was good and it didn't affect me until it did. And, and that's how I feel like we are. I include myself in that. We're all like, okay, well, this is how it is. And we do have our frustrations and we do what we can. And at the same time, there's a big aspect of like, well, we kind of go along with it because mm. we're just trying to survive every day um and that happens that's a very human thing
0: what are you hoping for the teens to take away do you, ha- have you thought about that as as now teens have have the book in their hands
1: yeah hopefully <laughs> school's in yeah. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> the teens
0: there's a reader's guy
1: <laughs> yes let's drop the educator's gag <laughs> penguinclassroom.com <laughs> <laughs> uh, i want them to know they have agency and they have power and so that was the biggest thing for me is that's why it's teens. Cause I was like, I know that I can give them something to fight for in themselves mm-hmm. in the midst of everybody making these decisions for them and thinking they know best and, and all that. So I really want teens to come away. I would love for them to question the systems in place. And I don't know if this would radicalize them, but I want them to question it and be critical of mm-hmm. things that are in place. But also I want them to be like, wow, you know, even though she's detained, she has power and she can make a choice for herself. And what that choice results in is what it results in. But she can make a choice.
0: I mean, you feel for her this whole time. That's something that you're so close to her. You really feel her guilt coming up against her annoyance at this system that happens. Goes beyond annoyance. Annoyance is a very light way of putting it, but that's and where it starts. Right? Yeah, like annoyance and confusion. Yeah, she's like, I want to do it. Like she's like, I'm ready to do the work. She's like, right. she's she does think like maybe this will help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But.
1: But. <laughs> <laughs> dot dot dot.
0: <laughs> Take me to the eighty percent mark in working on the book how did you push to get to the end because i feel like people talk about the beginning they talk about the end but i feel like that that point that very that like i just have to a little bit left is a really hard right milestone
1: right i write in pieces so i don't write chronologically for short stories i kind of do now but for novels i don't uh so Even I started a new novel because I was like, screw novels, man. I'm going back to short stories. This is awful. (laughs) But then I started a new novel. (laughs) Um, It's an adult novel. But I'm writing it in pieces. So I'm like, I feel like I know where it ends, but I'm writing in pieces. So that's how Forgive Me Not was. I was constantly writing in pieces. And then you put the pieces together and you're like, oh, okay. So I have part one. Okay. So I have part three. Okay. So I have part two ish or Mm -hmm. something like that and so it would just be me kind of cobbling those pieces together and I think once I got an agent it helped because I had something I'm like I don't know if this is great or good but I have something and she was intrigued by it and then she's an editorial agent so that was helpful to get
2: feedback
1: yeah because I had gotten early feedback but then I was I just pursued it up by myself and then I'm not monogamous in my writing practices. I don't know if you are, but I'm writing four different things at a different time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like, Oh, I'm only working on forgive me not for eight years. It was, no, I was writing multiple things. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It wasn't just turning on the forgive me not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what day. helps
1: me is that if I'm stuck, there's just go else. here, go to an essay, go to a short story, go to here, go to there. It elongates the process, but it helps me just get breaks from it. And that it's what helped me figure out certain things that weren't working. Hmm. I think the, the hardest part was when I got the detailed edits from my editor because she does long editorial letters. And I'm not even being facetious when I say that. And she's very detailed. And so I was like, she's like, so this isn't working. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> And it's due in two months. So you're like, ah, so I got even more stuck. That's where I got really stuck when I had, when you have the time, it's not that you don't get stuck, but there's a freedom. But Mm -hmm. now I didn't have the freedom. I had to meet a deadline to get this book out. And because I worked in publishing, I know what the results will be if I don't meet some of these. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: there's like an old writing adage, like to write from anger. To like Mm. write from an angry place. Do Mm -hmm. you agree with that? Do you feel like you were writing from an angry place while you were working on this?
1: You know, I write anger a lot because anger feels easy to write. So I don't write from an angry place all the time. Not in my writing writing. I think when I do a blog post or sometimes an essay is coming from anger. Like my EL essay, my Electric Lit, The Black Women Are Being Erased. Uh, That was coming from logic, but also frustration. Like a deep-seated frustration of like, can we just... Say what needs to be said, <laughs> uh, but my fiction rarely comes from a place of anger. It comes from a place of curiosity. Oh, yeah. So that's where it is. Like my that's nonfiction is probably. Yeah, like my <laughs> nonfiction probably is more anger. Fiction is more curiosity.
0: Hmm. Because you're asking questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of my novels. I mean, if if they don't start off, start off with a very clear or my fiction. If it doesn't start off with an idea, it starts off with a question. So Forgive Me Not was a question. And then the characters and world formed from there. Like the novel I'm working on now is an idea of an exploration of like friendship and stuff like that. And then the short fiction that I'm working on, like speculative specifically, where that is very like speculative even more clearly to me. Those are questions. Mm. Yeah. Each story is like a question of like, oh, what would happen if you went to this abandoned whatever and this is what happened
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. well i i i do want to commend you on your um uh, evocations of these voices because i listened to the Yay! audiobook
1: i still have to i haven't um, <laughs> tyla
0: collier and yeah. ryan alexander holmes yeah. And but, they're both actors. Like, yeah.
1: they're both actors. Like, this was actually Ryan's first audiobook. Cool. I recommended him because he is part black and part Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I think it would be great if he can do it. Um, and then the, the actor strike hit. So I was like, I think he might have the time. <laughs> <laughs> can we lock that down if he's interested?
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And Tyler does like voice narration, but she's also been on Broadway.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's such a great it, I mean, they really got the chance to perform. Wonderful. As they read. See, because, I'm excited because like, you're the
1: second person who said that you've read listened to the audiobook. So I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to listen to it.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. Yay. Yeah, it's really it's really something special. And actually I um I listened to the audiobook of the novel that you recommended to me. Oh, Pet? Yeah, Pet oh, yeah. by um Akwake Amezi.
1: Who reads it? Does Aquake read it?
0: No, Christopher Myers reads it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And it is fully... I highly recommend listening to this book because especially if you've already... If you already have read it and, you, and you're you thinking about rereading it, his vocation of Pet's voice. Oh, wow. He does this whole like deeper stentorian sort of oh, voice okay. that's so... Like nice, and it's in this interesting register that if you're wearing like can headphones, it like can really pull you deep. It's pretty cool.
1: Oh, okay. I'm kind of sh- surprised. I thought they would have gotten a femme voice. Yeah, I or... was surprised when yeah. it started
0: because, and I was just like, oh, it's because he reads a sort of introduction. Okay. And so I was like, oh, it's interesting. Christopher Myers is here.
1: Yeah, and he <laughs> was the publisher, so that's what I mean. He's even <laughs> more. It's like he got another paycheck, like, or maybe uh, he didn't. Maybe he didn't prove
0: <laughs> He's just like, uh, I'm the only one <laughs> who can bring it.
2: <laughs>
0: so, But Pet is sort of a simple-ish idea for a story of this um this main character, who is the um, daughter of a artist who goes into her, her mom's finished piece and ends up, falling onto it and there were razor blades around and the blood from this accident brings the figure in the painting to life and says that there is trouble in this world and we're in a world where justice has prevailed
1: right it's a utopia yeah we're in a we're in
0: a social justice utopia yeah and i think that that's some some of the most fun writing is right at the beginning where it starts in this very fabulistic explanation of how we have come to this place where all of the bad people were taken away and no one's a billionaire and all Mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. all of the utopian ideals are Mm -hmm. and and then the way that that sort of pulls away and then focuses in here it was very satisfying Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um Tell me about why you brought it on onto my desk. What what? How do you know the book and, and what's your relationship to it?
1: I love that book so much. It got a lot of prep Like people were talking about it a lot when it came out. And Akwaeke was a finalist for the National Book Award with that book. And I just fell in love with it. I teach it. Whenever I do like talking about voice or looking at sentence structure or anything, I'm like, okay, so we're gonna talk about pet yeah. and talk about the beginning because that first line, right? There shouldn't be any more monsters. Mm. And I usually ask, I said, what word in that sentence is doing the work mm-hmm. and setting up everything? And, and they're like, oh, shouldn't. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> like, how one word does so much in the first line and like you said that how it eases in so well of like let's give you the history lesson and then we're with the teenager and the teenager is listening to this history lesson but questioning it and that's like on page three yeah and it's so seamlessly done and and quake writes pretty tight like quake's novels and fiction is pretty short like they're not doing epic tomes no um and so I I just love it, and I love the full circle ness of it. Um, you know, like we talked about the trans rep in it, in that it it she gets to be trans, and it's not the focus of the book, and she's not there's dealing no with conflict. awful. Yeah, there's no issues with that. You know, like anti trans. You know, it's like and. If you read Bitter, which is the prequel that came a few years after, is very much in sync. So I reread Pet after rereading reading Bitter. And there's so many things that is hinted in Pet mm-hmm. that comes out in Bitter because you learn about the origins
0: Yeah, of, of the- Yeah, you learn that this yeah. happened before early on. Yeah,
1: you see what happened. Um, Pet is my favorite of the two. I, I, I lean towards it. But I just think- it is so expertly done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I love the writing. I love the the voice of it. All of that stuff. It's just so so good, and it has such a great message without being messagey. Yeah, you know.
0: I love the um, forms of communication that are on. You know that. Yeah,
1: like she doesn't speak. Like she, she often doesn't. Sounds, yeah. yeah.
0: She's, she's, so so then when she does y- use words, or when someone. It, who isn't very close with her uses signs with her mm-hmm. like it's it's a great extra shorthand which you know you never right. think about that stuff when I, I don't know it so many things that feel like they could be um difficult to write i feel like also ease up other ways of yeah connecting
1: yeah. and even the pet you know oh. the way that it speaks and the way that it is so empathetic like when the parents are arguing and it shuts the parents down and is like, you are scaring your child. Yeah. And they're like, w- what? And it's just like, yeah. And again, like this teen is gaining agency. Cause she's like, I'm questioning things. I don't believe y'all. Something's off. What's going on. And the pet is like, no, nah, yeah, we need to kill some people. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, hold on <laughs> like, no no no! we need to kill some people that's yeah what he said. we're hunting
0: oh, you're not ready to hunt
1: yeah. <laughs> like, just, what's going on and i'm like yeah listen this is biblical <laughs> that's what they do in the bible
0: <laughs> <laughs> she is a fascinating character because she's questioning everything but she also has a lot of answers for her own life like she's always um she makes interesting conclusions i guess yeah. is like the kind of cool thing about her
1: yeah i just love when people question because i think i'm a questioner and i wasn't as a teen i just totally. did what people i was like all right i gotta get a's i gotta do this i gotta come in at 8 30 okay. and da, 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 da.
0: and now kool-aid and then <laughs> <eat> right right
1: <laughs> and now i question things not in a way of like why am i doing this it's like no it's like be a decent human being i gotta pay taxes rent whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, but there are things i question of just like well why are we doing things and people don't like that at all in a capitalist society
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love the rules of um how pet could Show himself or not show, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. It reminded me a little bit. I was thinking of um that Jimmy Stewart movie Harvey, where he's the oh, only with one the rabbit. You can yeah. see the rabbit that's sort of commenting on everything. Right, I um, haven't
1: seen that in ages.
0: It's uh, yeah, I haven't seen it in a while either. But I I think that there's a fun um that's a fun tradition, a fun genre to be in the mm-hmm. the powerful figure that only you can see that. is really there you know it's not like Mm -hmm. in your in that one character's head and that's never part of the worry either which is so fun for me when I'm reading Mm -hmm. something speculative when they take away immediately that it's just in someone's head
1: yeah yeah
0: and when it's Mm -hmm. just like the reality of the book is yeah you can pull a monster from another world in the painting that's that happened yeah yeah (laughs) and it
1: happened before yeah (laughs) And he's here to help. technically. <laughs> that is not a spoiler because it's pretty evident that she's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, working along with Pet. Yeah.
0: Although you do wonder, like, his help—is it? Do you mm-hmm. want this help? It's sort of—it is a question throughout, throughout the pages. Yeah. yeah. You know, because it, it, it is violent.
1: It, yeah, yeah. He he
0: does have like a a subsumed violence that mm-hmm, you're worried mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. How is this going to? Act? What is when he's called to action, right? What is that gonna do? What is right. he gonna do?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I again, you know, I'm reading it, and in, in my adulthood, right? So I'm just like, do what you gotta do, pet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they probably deserve protect it. the babies. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it, I, I do wonder what. A teenager who isn't like you know I I'm seeing you know plot matrix pulling like as I'm reading these types of books um I mean I feel like I this is a hazard of being in the industry as you end up like getting a little too like yes but yeah I wonder how how a teen is reading this book and what they take from it because it is it's so complicated in in some ways but also it's very simple at the bottom I mean like it's not Mm -hmm. actually complicated which is sort of fun
1: Right, right. And I think also because I haven't I'm going to have more chances to talk with teens in the coming months. Mm. But I've only gotten to talk to one teen about my book in particular. Oh, OK. Um, and that was briefly. Um, And I am curious to that, too, because, again, it's like you're bringing the adult, you're bringing the the writer you're bringing the artist you're bringing like this form of construction to it where you're like this is such a well-crafted book and then someone might be like yeah i like this about it And you're not even thinking about it because you're like look at the words (laughs) (laughs) aren't the words beautiful (laughs) and the kids are like it's just a cool story and you're like wow i wish i was that pure Yeah.
0: (laughs) or the other way too sometimes i i feel like I'm the one who's like, it was just cool, wasn't it? And then, like, other people have, have oh, the, like, <laughs> all these heady thoughts. I'm yeah.
1: like, wow. I yeah, just thought, sometimes
0: the kids have the heavy thoughts.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's definitely... And seeing things from a perspective or connecting with people you didn't even think about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, when I spoke to the young man, I met his parents, too, and he's like, Callie's my favorite character. And I didn't even think about that for my book. Like, yeah. Callie is Violetta's best friend from other you know like she's on the outside um, yeah and so she you know they experience things together
0: well she's so, she is she is bright i mean she is like the a moment of brightness mm-hmm. whenever she shows up on the page you're so glad that callie's there for uh, her yay, <laughs> yay.
1: so i wonder about that with pet if there's like something that a teen is like that's maybe small to me that is big to them mm. um, that i'm not seeing because i'm just so focused on certain things of craft because I feel like Pet and my book are in conversation in some regard. Oh, totally. I know? mean, like
0: forgiveness yeah. is at the bottom of both of these right, books, right?
1: And punishment, yes. And what is criminality? And what all is that justice? Stuff. Right, right. In the face of right,
0: hmm. you had this sort of forgiveness question at the beginning of writing your mm-hmm. book. Do you feel like you've answered it for yourself? Is that something? <laughs> well,
1: that's thanks to therapy. Chris. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> The, the therapy, not the book. The <laughs> therapy. Book. <laughs> the therapy helped me get there, uh-huh. uh, but I think the book helps them get there. Because mm-hmm. uh, for me, I realize that forgiveness is, again, for me, it's it's the willingness to do better, and the intentionality behind that. Yeah. Because I mean, this is why I'm divorced. But you know, it was words. Like so many people I've dealt with in life to this day, right? It's words. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That won't happen again. And then it does. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just like me now. And let's not even, I'm not going to process that I did something wrong. I just want you to just not be mad at me right now.
0: Right. It's it's the minute by minute thought and not the like right you realize that it'll be a week from now soon too yeah
1: (laughs) and you can kind of see it in people's faces like sometimes i'm like wow you are not processing what i am saying at all and we're just going to do this again and i'm going to be really annoyed with you (laughs) Um, and so for me it's like if you are a person you have to take people for who they are or where they're at right that's just Mm -hmm. like a natural way of life and if i know that you are a person who is not really intentional about being good to other people respecting where other people boundaries and stuff like that then we can't do business like in any way shape or form um but if you are and that is work that you're willing to do then to me it's like okay well we can move on yeah you don't forget you move on and even violetta says that she's like i don't want to forget i want to move forward
0: yeah forgiveness yeah. is hard yeah, yeah like someone was like you well, wronged what if you someone do this? Yeah. and
1: i'm like i don't know that's another book yeah. <laughs> like i couldn't get that into this book
0: yeah you could <laughs> there's your there's your series just sending <laughs> sending these i mean i i saw a quote from you that you said you were had other trials you had like you wanted to put mm-hmm. her through far more
1: I wanted to put her through three because technically she has two with the option for a third. Right. And that's where I actually got stuck. Christopher is I was trying to think of a third Mm. trial for her. And then I realized I didn't necessarily need one. Right. (laughs) Cause that was going to be the turning point. That third trial was going to be the turning point. This was early years, right? This was in the first two, three years of the writing of it. So I think I was in that mode of like, I must put her through a lot. Yeah. And it's kind of like, But you have put her through a lot. You're not trusting that, which I've now come to like give as a critique to other writers. Mm -hmm. Okay, if they have this, do you need this? Like, do you not believe what you've set up is enough to keep someone invested? Mm -hmm. And and I think, again, I'm curious to your thoughts about this. But like, I see that in writing and in cinema, right? Where it's like, well, why are we going that far? Like, what is this doing for? The book, the plot, um, and in some ways it's like, it's just entertainment. Yeah. But in books, I feel like it's different sometimes when we push it to the brink.
0: You have to think about what where you're at in the emotional journey to find the truth at it.
1: Yeah. And with young people, it's different. You know what I mean? Like something a friend of mine, Mike Jung, who also writes for young readers, he said, you know, I could be introducing or no, maybe it was my friend Alex Gino, who also writes for Young Readers, but one of them said I could be introducing a teen to something very harmful. And, and then what do we do within our work if we are introducing them to something that they have never experienced that could be harmful? Totally. Uh, and, and how do we take care of them, too? Whereas I think I'm not saying we don't care about adults when we write for adult audiences and we know. But well, we just figure they can take care of yeah themselves. but with t you do there's like some care there <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just
2: like oh you I don't want to do this to care. do it you know yeah. i don't
1: want to just be violent to be violent i i want it it does is violent need needed a but b if i'm putting it in there what is it doing which mm-hmm. is why we did have the dreamscape with the where you see what happens the night of i did think people needed to see what happened the night of, and this is not a spoiler, so to speak, I guess, but like I had you see her body, yeah, after what happened, and I took that out mm. um, because I was just like, yeah, I'm just kind of feeding into something I don't necessarily want teens to deal with. I don't huh. want them to remember Viv, that little girl, yeah, like that, yeah.
0: Well, there's so much care in this book, and oh, uh, there's there's it's totally riveting. Um, both of these books actually i read them very close together and um they just uh they really do that full-on page turning thing oh thank you um where you really you want to know what's going to happen you want to know how you do want to know how how she's going to get out of this one Um, or if she does yeah (laughs) um so so yeah i just i i think that these both are are um I'm so glad you brought Pet into my life and um I'm so glad to have read Forgive Me Not and we are now in the point of the show where we recommend things. So obviously, yes. Yes, we recommend. We both co-sign. Yes, Pet. Pet.
1: By a quick
0: Go and go and get that for sure and then so of course good. Forgive Me Not.
1: Thank you. What else <laughs> what else are you
0: recommending to the people? Books, movies, music? Oh my-
1: it when it's like i love this oh boyfriend material mm. by alexis hall so i was in chicago for a work conference recently and i went to unabridged books which is an lgbtq owned bookstore in chicago super friendly staff wonderful folks and i just said i like casey mcquiston's books mm. do you have a complimentary type book like that because i just wanted something light yeah <laughs> I was like, listen, I've been reading some heavy stuff. Yeah. I need light. Uh, can you, like, a rom com? And they were like, oh, have you read Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall? And I was like, I have not. Mm-hmm. Point me to it. And they gave me this wonderful bookseller, just recommended to me. I started it on, on the plane back home, mm. and it is so good. If you are looking for a rom com, it is a queer romance, two men in Britain. And basically, one needs a boyfriend, and this guy he hates mm-hmm. is, or he seemingly hates, is someone. He's like, well, I need a boyfriend for my job. You know, they're gonna fire me, and I need to present myself. And it's kind of homophobic, and all the reason he needs a a, bo- a proper boyfriend is Ooh. because the donors to the nonprofit he works with, um, are like, well, his his antics, because there's a whole thing because the main one of the main characters he's the son of a rock star mm. and he had problems with like alcohol but sure. he's actually gotten better but the tabloids follow him and they found him on a day that it was just a bad day he was not drunk he was not it was just a bad day mm-hmm. so then donors see it and they're like Well, he's he's doing these sexual antics and oh my god and so he's like okay this is screwed up but i need this job and da-da-da-da. so he goes to this guy who he's met and his friends like you will love each other and he's like i hate him Mm -hmm. (laughs) and of course what ensues is that they start dating and things happen and it's just really funny yeah it's sweet and it's but i needed something funny yeah um and boyfriend material and there is a sequel i think it's called marriage material i could be wrong but they're getting married they're engaged (laughs) (laughs) in the sequel (laughs) So you kind, I kind of gave away what happens after boyfriend material, but you look up Alexis Hall's website and you will find that there's a sequel.
0: (laughs) I feel like there's all sorts of ways they're supposed to telegraph if it's not a happily ever after. So
1: right, and (laughs) is it not? If it's a romance, is it not?
0: Yeah, (laughs) isn't it gonna work out in some way? Yeah, so
1: highly recommend that if y'all are just looking for something funny and sweet and light,
0: Mm.
2: it's
1: yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to recommend uh, a novel called Time's Mouth mm. by Eden Lepucki.
1: Oh, Eden.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote California and mm-hmm. Woman Number 17. Mm-hmm. And this novel is so, um, as, a, as a California raised raised in Southern California and went to college at Santa Cruz, this book is partially set at UC Santa Cruz. There's a lot of great Santa Cruz and Californianess to it. But it's a, it's a time travel novel. Mm. And you're following um, sort of a woman who, when she time travels, she can time travel just along the path of her life. But when she does it, it's such a, it's such a, um, it changes her entire environment around her. Wow. Um, so women like to hang out around her and get like a contact high from her going into her past. And so there's sort of this cult aspect of, of this person. And so it's a really interesting time travel novel. Um, and it's also about cults and weirdo, like pseudoscience of California. Ooh. And uh, there's a little bit of, um, there's just all sorts of intriguing things about it. I just loved it. Um, I read it kind of slowly, which I never do these days. I read it over like two weeks oh okay um rather than just diving in and reading as fast as i can um and i just because it was just such like a sumptuous you know Mm sun-baked very golden hued read um highly highly recommend if you liked california or woman number 17 i think this like brings her to new heights i think this is her best book she's done yet
1: okay i have to because i've heard a lot about eden so I haven't had a chance to read Eden's work. So first you have time travel and now you have body swaps. Yeah. To look forward to. I, <laughs> I, I, like,
0: I like the high concept. What can I say? Your book has a high concept. I, I recommend and then, you know, forgive me not. Go pick it up, people.
1: Yeah, it's out now. It's out
0: now. It may be written for YA, but anybody would enjoy it
1: yeah my friends have been feeling the feels especially <laughs> they all love Petra a lot of my friends love Petra yeah so far so they've been like phew
0: <laughs> Jen it has been such a joy having you over everyone needs to go buy that book and check out your podcast minorities and publishing all of this will be linked on so many damn books.com on the episode page you can find every book that we mentioned as well as all the links to this stuff and thank you so much for hanging out this has been awesome
1: thank you so much again for hosting and this beautiful drink it's really refreshing I hope people make it
0: yeah please do guys you can find the recipe also the same place yeah. so many damn dot com okay bye
2: bye <laughs>